The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And now, Andrew Mellon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuff America. I am so excited today about our special guest, Dee Marshall. She is a powerhouse and I'm so, so pleased that I'm going to get to share her. For those of you who don't know Dee yet, you will. And she has got a tremendous message she's going to share with all of us today about Unstuffing America and really living your values every day and being powerful in the world as a as a messenger for self-transformation and actualization. So Dee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excited oh, to be here. Excellent. It's my pleasure. Tell us just a little bit about yourself, just to start everybody off so that they, they get a sense of what do you do for work? What's your home life like? Do you live alone? Do you live with other people? So we get a sense of both the home environment, space stuff, as oh, well I as your it. passions. I love, oh, I love this question. I, I've never done this kind of intro, like the back the back office. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, everybody, I'm excited to be here, D. Marshall. And, uh, you know, I wear this, this hat of a certified coach, um, author. I've published uh, uh, two books. I've co-written uh, two books. And I, I speak all over the globe about women's, uh, women's empowerment. And I speak on diversity and branding. Um, and, and that's the major space that I own here in the world. But my real assignment is you know serving and working with women um in fact my work specifically is uh i work with women who are somewhat successful but unhappy successful and unfulfilled or successful and in transition and i essentially walk women through a process of you know um becoming who they were divinely created to be and and at that point that is when all of the abundance begins to show up in their lives and so that's why you know coming on to you know unstuff is is a topic <laughs> of great interest because i work with a lot of women in this area so um so my story is i'm an entrepreneur i'm a business owner um and and i have two offices but i am in my home office right now um so i've got a virtual team but just to give you some insight um i live alone with my one child it is a furry four-legged child <laughs> and and i will tell you this I live a very um, orderly life and I am a minimalist. And I did not know that until one of my girlfriends called and she was uh, selling a three bedroom home, four levels. And she said, you know, I know you're a minimalist. And, and so then she, you know, she said, I got to ask you some questions. <laughs> so that's my back office. My, my, my dog is five pounds. Uh, you know, she's hyper allergenic. So we don't have like shedding. We don't have, you know, we don't smell, our, the a place doesn't smell like, like a dog. Um, we do have a housekeeper. In fact, we just got a new housekeeper. Um, her name is Liliana. So she comes every other week. So she helps us to stay clean, but I basically live a very orderly life. Um, so let me ask you on a scale from one to 10 with one being the least organized and 10 being the most organized, where would you put yourself on that scale? I'm probably about an eight. 
Great. And do you think you've always been innate? Were you innate as a, as a child? No. Oh my gosh, no. In so, fact, Andrew, I only came to an eight because I had a messy backstory. Got it. Yeah. So, so this is the opposite of I was a mess. I was the one, in fact, Andrew, really a story that brought me to tears is one time many years ago, I had to find a document, an important document. And I remember going home to look for the document and I had to go into closets and go through uh, big garbage bags to find this one important document. So my condo at the time was impeccable, but the way I managed mail and paper was it, it was embarrassing it was it, it was embarrassing and so i remember crying on the floor looking through this garbage bag through bags of mail that had piled up because i had such a messy backstory so right. um yeah and so just so you know paper mail the number one thing that everybody complains about so while and thank you for sharing that story and and i can feel the panic as you were ripping through those trash bags trying to find one document among thousands of documents and also to know just to put it in context for you and for everybody that's listening paper is the thing that makes more people crazy and derails their sense of well-being at home and at the office than any other item so yeah. You're in, you're in good company for better and for worse. And it's, and great that, and so did that experience turn the corner for you after that or did, or it was still a while before that, was that the bottom or that was just a critical moment and then there was still some more discomfort along the way? It was a critical moment. It was a bottom, but, but it wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't make the shift immediately. It still took some years. Um, I think when I made a bigger shift, it was having to, uh, when I sold my home, it was so amazing, such an amazing experience to have to downgrade because I had this big chunky house furniture and I was moving to this fabulous uh, apartment that was about 600 hundred square feet. I was ecstatic about it. And I was forced to reduce, to scale down. I wasn't even able to take some of my furniture because it was big house furniture. Right. So that was, that was a defining, uh, not necessarily a defining moment, but it was a shift for me. Excellent. Excellent. So today, I mean, would you say that you have more things or stuff than you, even, even as you're in your minimalist uh, self in, in this current incarnation, do you think that you still, if you take a quick scan around the space, are there things that you don't use that are still hanging out with a story around them, right? That someday I'll use this or it's perfectly good or I spent good money for it. Is there any of that stuff lingering? No. That is awesome. I'm going to ring the bell. I'm going to ring the bell for that. That is awesome. And I'll tell you why. There's a number of reasons. So one, um, I adopted the habit of purging and cleansing um, initially when I did that move. And then it became a habit. I I learned how to maintain. Excellent. So I do that rule of um, if, if I haven't used it in two years, I purge. Um, and then I do the biannual purging. So I do an end of the year. I am, I am, uh, you know, probably near OCD ish when it comes to end of the year, uh, purging. And then I do a mid year. Um, but I have also relocated to a new space. So that's why I could answer the question. Um, is there anything here? No, I have now incorporated rules around not only, does it go if I haven't used it or touched it in two years? But now if it has low energy or no energy, it goes out. Excellent. So I'm going to take a moment and just, I'm going to bring everybody up to speed with and share this with you. This is the organizational triangle, which uh, 
in earlier podcasts, we explained the principles, but I'm going to run through it real quickly. One home for everything and like with like, something in, something out. And the first two legs of the triangle are what we use when it comes to getting organized, right? Everything as a home and all like objects live together. That's how we assign everything a proper place in our home or our office. We make sure that we know where everything is and anything that's like it is together makes it super easy to find anything. You can find anything in 30 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. The third leg of the triangle, something in, something out, is all about achieving stuff equilibrium, which is what you have done organically. You have done it without even knowing it. And when something comes in, something goes out. And you're already living the principle, which makes it super easy. This is the thing that folks often struggle with because they look at the getting organized side of the equation and they are overwhelmed at the scale of what is ahead of them. And they just stop because in that story of, I don't have enough time, I can't possibly take this on, they can't see the freedom on the other side of it. And it is so easy to stay organized once you have gotten organized, if you live by the third rule of the triangle, so you don't need a lot of rules, you just need the simple third leg of the triangle that when something comes in, something goes out because you've already established you have enough of everything. Everything's functional. You're not missing something. You don't, you're not missing a blender. You're not missing a toaster. You're not missing a spatula. You have all those things. So if it's a new spatula that's coming in, it must be because you're ready to retire a spatula, not because it was on sale, because it was a cool color all of which could be valid if you decide, okay, the hot pink spatula is going to replace the old teal spatula, yeah. but not just because it was so cool I couldn't leave it at the store. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you that you totally can leave it at the store. You do not need to bring it home. You can appreciate that it exists in the world and not bring it home to clutter up your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. <laughs> well, and last week we were talking about if it's not a bargain, it's not a bargain if you don't need it. So the idea that so many people think just because it's cheap and cheap is relative, right? I mean, but it doesn't really matter whether it's $5 or $500 is cheap in your world. If you don't need it, you could still keep the five bucks or the $500 in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, so let's talk a little. I mean, I'm delighted that you are uh, a fellow traveler in the live simply world. It just it makes it much easier to to meet and to talk about time and and the values that we want to be living, knowing that we don't have to spend our time cleaning up, right? I mean, and that's the message that I want the listeners uh, and viewers to take away is that. The freedom and the liberation that I'm talking about on the other side of getting organized is expansive. You, when you no longer have to spend your time looking for your car keys, looking for key pieces of information, looking for your mobile phone, you get to determine how you're going to spend every minute of your day because it's not lost in unnecessary activities, right? There's so many things that we can't control in the world that will eat up your time and you can be much more strategic about how you're spending that time when you are not face down in that panic of, crap, I've got to get out the door. Where are my keys? Where's my cell phone? Where's my bag? Where's my other shoe? All of those things which are easily cured, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm a huge fan of, of order um, in the way that it, it brings about peace. Um, it also brings about uh, creativity. And, yes. and even with the women that I coach, um, I even speak to it from the perspective of, 
you know, when you're trying to find passion and purpose and more meaning for, for life, which you just mentioned, um, I believe that all of the answers are there and within, but it is when we are overwhelmed with that clutter and just disorder and chaos and confusion that we can't hear. And I just believe when you, when you get free of clutter and overwhelm and chaos and you have more white space, I call it, then you are able to tap in and, and know what it is that you are a call to do in life. And yes. so I draw a huge connection. In fact, I'm in a seven week challenge right now. Um, and we just started week, week number one. Huge part of the challenge is order. But it really is from a faith perspective. In fact, I think that's where we connected initially, yes. Andrew. When I just love, you know, what you do. Um, but 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 also just know on the other side, there's a huge faith component. And I will say that faith was also the the um, the breakthrough for me in getting you know order and clear and and free and unstuffing, so to speak. Um, a large part had to do with faith. So you want to talk a little bit more about that for us? Yeah. So, so even though, you know, that, remember that panic moment of going home and just being overwhelmed and, and having just a lot of stuff looking very good on the outside, which I know a lot of your listeners can relate to. You look impeccable. You look like you're so well put together, particularly as a professional. Um, but, but it wasn't until I was able to line up my faith with a, a command to uh, to do all things decent and in order. Mm -hmm. And that was the breaking point. So I'm a Christian and in um, the Bible, the word of God, there, there's a tiny little passage of scripture, a command from God. And God says, do all things decent and in order. And that was my aha, my, my Got it. Jesus meeting, if you will. <laughs> that really, you like that? That was I like, <laughs> you got to get your shit, right? I'm talking about God in, in the same breath, but yeah. you need to get your back. I call it my, you need to get your back end, your back office together. And that means, uh, or it meant for me that you could be doing good in the world, D. You could be speaking and coaching and, and you have this amazing uh, business and platform and this, that, and the other, but your back office is out of order, meaning everything mm -hmm. um, in the background, your home life is out of order. So Andrew, it was, the, it was that faith component Mm -hmm. that helped me um, to, to really break through. Because it's like, if God came back for you today, D, you, you can't talk <laughs> about what great, you like that? If he came back and yeah. it's like, but um, he, he, he's, he's, he doesn't want to hear, you know, what good you've been doing in the world if your, your back office and your back life was out of order. Well, and it's, it's, it's that command. Yeah, and it's that thing about... Um, it's about being in complete integrity, right? I mean, and it's a struggle. And I understand that we are all imperfect in our ability to manifest um, order and um, cleanliness, tidiness. And yet at the same time, there is the sense that uh, we know where that, where that disharmony is when you are uh, trying to affect change in the world. You are, in fact, affecting affecting change in the world. And yet you're not unlike Pigpen, you're dragging that mess behind you. Yes. And it's just, it's a mixed message. And oh, the world is full of tremendously powerful, effective leaders who are also messy. And we, I, I'm not, we're, you know, I'm not 
casting any shade on any of those people or saying that their, their impact is less powerful. But imagine how much easier it would be for them to move through time and space if what you saw was literally what you got, that that was it, that there wasn't also a, a secret mess behind them, right? That yes. there wasn't, there wasn't a, a disconnect between word and deed, that there was greater integrity in all of their efforts. And I feel like for all of us on the micro and the macro level, the greater, the greater alignment we can be with, the, with what our values are, the simpler and the more powerful and resonant the activities are. So even if we think about the bell, right? The bell rings clearer when there aren't things that the bell is bumping into, right, as a metaphor. It's the same thing. We can resonate so much louder and clearer in our actions when we aren't bumping into that pile of crap over there and this messy thing over here and that disheveled pile of garbage over there. And we've got the story. We've got the best of intentions. And someday, in air quotes, I'm going to get to that. Someday, I'm going to tidy that up. But I'm so driven to do this thing right now that that's just going to have to wait. And I just, I know from my own experience of the work that I've done for myself and also with other people, that that ballast, that drag is slowing you down. Imagine how much faster and more efficiently you could move through the world if you didn't have that crap strapped to your ankle, right? I think you're so right. And I do think that for leaders, there's a higher call to unstuff yes. and to get order. Um, I think it's a calling as a matter of uh, congruence, which you mentioned, it's being congruent. But I think it's also that we can't afford to not have order because if you've got so many moving pieces or if you're managing and leading others, it's just that you cannot afford to have clutter or overwhelm or chaos or confusion. So the role essentially requires that you unstuff. Andrew, how about I'm using your words here? I am totally... <laughs> you drank stuff. the Kool-Aid. It's awesome. I'm totally drunk and I love this. So I think, I think as a leader, now everybody needs to be in the space, but leaders, you're not going to be able to do it. And I do believe those two things um, that really help, it, it is the, uh, the command, if you're a believer, that's a, a command of accountability. So I am now accountable to God about creating order. I mean, because I'm a better witness. But there's also the point that you made about, you know, emotion uh, and attitude, energy and manifesting. So if we if we are not if we are stuffed, then we are overwhelmed and overwhelmed is a negative emotion. And if we're in negative emotion then we are in low frequency for manifesting. So we have more than enough support to say you got to get in stuffed. Yes. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit about working out in the community. And when you, when you think about the world as it is today, if there's one thing that you could change, if you had a magic wand, which I actually, I have in a drawer, um, if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing about the world today, what would it be? What regards to, to um, the difference, but well, I don't even want to put any rules on it. Just talk to me. Well, I was going to say in what capacity, but what showed up for me is that you might be asking from the perspective of this conversation. Um, Maybe. Yes. I don't know. Okay. So let's just say the first thing that came to my mind was that people stop cluttering America. Oh my gosh. In... Wait, hold on. That just showed up in my spirit. The first thought was stop throwing garbage 
cluttering America. So, and I'll tell you, I'm somewhat sensitive. I'm a, I'm a homeowner and I've gone from owning to renting and owning and renting, depending on the recession, um, or, or those ups and downs, but by choice. But what I'm always sensitive to is rental communities versus, um, owner communities and where people, if they don't feel like they own, then they, then you can always, um, identify that in the outside surroundings where people literally will place their garbage somehow on the ground versus Mm. in a garbage can. So if I had to say one thing that showed up for me in terms of changing is just that, that I would, I would want to change people's mindset around cluttering America, like be kind to the earth. And, and so that's what showed up for me first. I've got lots of other things, but that's what showed up. Yeah, that's great. And I just, I will dovetail on that because I know that even in my building and I own my apartment in my building and sometimes my neighbors leave their garbage in the trash room. We have a trash room across the, the hall from my apartment and they will bring their trash in a bag and leave it out. There's a chute. And I think, I don't know how entitled you need to be that you feel like you can't open a chute and drop a bag of garbage down it to make everybody's life easier. And I think that you know, without getting on a huge soapbox, I think that that is the microcosm of whatever that sense of either disconnect or entitlement, whatever it is that somehow you think you're separate from this environment that we all share, that your footprint doesn't matter. And that, I mean, whether you have children or you don't have children, there are people that are coming after you that need to be here. Not to mention the own the quality of your own life living among garbage, but certainly the idea of any sort of a legacy, if you have any consciousness or any mindfulness about how you're living on the planet, the thought that you would just leave crap laying on the ground thinking, oh, somebody else will pick that up because somebody else cares more than me. Well, why do you need to care less? Like, what? where did that, who taught you that? Where did you learn it or develop it? And how do we interrupt it? So that regardless of what you're you know, what your political beliefs are that you understand this is a, this is a finite ecosystem that we all share. It isn't, it, there are many things that are renewable, i.e. solar energy, as long as the sun continues to shine, mm-hmm. we can bank on tomorrow morning someplace, there'll be some sun beating down on something and it will warm it. But this idea of everything being disposable is a bad piece of messaging that we got someplace that needs to be dismantled because it, it, garbage doesn't go away. You just, I mean, you just spoke. I, I don't think there's anything else <laughs> left to say. But how do we do that? Because it drives me insane. Right. And so it is, it is that sense of the macro is shifting the consciousness of, of our neighborhoods, our communities, and the micro is how do we walk among our neighbors, among our fellows, and, and be the example without bludgeoning people? Because believe me, fewer things kick up that sense of self-righteous rage in me than watching somebody being disrespectful, whether it's to a person or to the environment, you know, just dropping something on the ground. And it's hard to, I mean, to, to not say, excuse me but you know there's a trash can on the we live in manhattan there's a trash can on every corner like it is not you are actually headed towards the corner this could have stayed in your hand for a few more feet and you could have easily deposited it where it belongs so it's just it's remarkable to me that people get 
get so lost in whatever they're thinking. And, and so again, on that macro level, how do we enable people to come to greater mindfulness, to, to, to more consistent consciousness around the choices that they're making so that they are, they're not, I mean, right, they're creating a mess for all of us, right. but they're also, they're out of integrity with themselves, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and when anybody is suffering, we're all suffering. So how do we lift them up in a way that ennobles them and inspires them to do better? Yeah, so I love that. So right, I think how we do that is um, bringing awareness to individuals that they're out of integrity. So for instance, in the women or, or with the women who I work with, I teach this uh, from the perspective of there is a direct correlation between how you treat and manage a thing, how you steward a thing, and what you are wanting more of in your life. So that's one way that I know to do it. It's bringing awareness and then, and then really helping people to understand. So for instance, um, I had a client once say that she learned in one of my classes, um, I was talking about how you are a steward over your space. And, and if your car is a mess, then how is it that you're asking God or believing God for a better car when you don't take care <laughs> of what the one that you have? And then it was, so years later, she told me, she said, D, you so straightened me out about that. And it was a huge lesson for me. Um, and at the time when she shared that with me, I was in her new car. Uh -huh. so, so that's a prime example of, I think, creating the awareness for people. Because I heard you say, Andrew, like, where do we learn this? And I think some of us, it's, it's yes, it's a learned behavior, but then some of us, we just, we never learned or we were never educated or informed about, you know, the universe and how we are, you know, co-creating our lives. And, and so I think it's the awareness, it's educating, and I can always get people with a direct correlation. You're believing for a better house, a better condo, a better, a better job and experience, but you, but are you managing what you currently have in a way that is kind and loving and that creates an opportunity for you to have more. Right. And I'm thinking that, so there's direct transmission when we are in relationship with others. And then how do we, you know, without getting into magical thinking, how do we walk out in the world in a way to allow our, our neighbors, because they are our neighbors, that we might not know their names, we don't know anything about them, and and right, what rises up in me is, hey, don't do that, as if I need to correct them, and yet, so I've got that feeling, but at the same time, I'm mindful of like, you're not the boss of them, and how do you, you know, I mean, I want them to change, I want there to be a, a sense of, of container within which they can change and yet it might not be my job without abdicating my responsibility for speaking the truth it might not be my job to accost them if yes. they can't hear it in that moment right because then it's just now we're in a fight now yes. we're in a control fight of like me being bossy and and yes. being intrusive so how do we and i don't know that there's an answer to it it's not a rhetorical question but it's something for us all to consider that we're as we're listening to this how do we move through time and space representing what we believe in in a way that will ripple out and and have enough faith uh that as time moves on there will be an opportunity for people to shift 
without us having to be the direct agent of that shifting, right? I mean, you and I can do it with each other. We, we are, we have, we're friends. We have a relationship. We can support each other. There's room in our relationship for corrective behavior and say, hey, FYI, I saw you doing this. I just want to, you know, if you're open to some feedback, I'm going to share this with you. And there's a container for that. But, you know, among the people in the world who are just moving through time and space, they haven't welcomed me into their world. They haven't said, hey, Andrew, you got something to say about how I'm living? Yeah. And so I have to be mindful of that. And at the same time, I, I have the desire, like, let's get go. You know, I mean, the clock is ticking, right? I mean, we, 98% of the climate scientists say that we, we've crossed a line from which we can't return, right? I mean, the best we can hope for is neutralizing some of what is already happening, but we might not be able to go back to, you know, to Eden, to some idyllic time when, right. when everything was possible. We might have to hope for some sort of mid-level compromise. But even so, the idea is, as we're moving through time and space, carrying the message, creating enough room for other people to have their own epiphany and trusting that, you know, from 30,000 feet or 36,000 feet, I mean, I think of the Dalai Lama often when I think about this, because he says, you know, we don't have the perspective to see how karma is going to unfold. Right. We do what we do, but we don't know the end game. And so being a force for good in the world and yet at the same time letting go of the outcome. Yes. Yes. So you brought up an interesting point that I have been struggling with and that being, um, how do I, how do I, you know, what's the balance between seeing an, an offender, so to speak, um, not be kind to, you know, the universe or the neighborhood or the building. Cause I too live in a high rise. Um, I've been in the position, but I have, I have, I've known that my lesson in this season in life is to hold my tongue. So that's a personal thing mm -hmm. because I see you with your dog and I don't think, did you just pick up that poop? And, <laughs> and so, so, so while my normal default would, I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to it and, and I would want to say something, I have been in a season in the last year to hold my tongue. Mm. So I love that you brought that up because that's my situation right now. Right. But I will tell you, I love the question, but then how do you, how do I not, you know, I think shimmy out of taking that responsibility of there's a universal responsibility for us to all, you know, do good and be kind to the earth. And so in my mind, I'm thinking just the example, I'll go back to the high rise. Um, it's a fairly new space and, and there's a huge renaissance in the community. And I thought about, you know, just sharing feedback with the owners to say, hey, I just, you know, just interested in this, that, or the other, or, you know, I love what you've created. Um, how do we help maintain it? Um, so I thought posing the question about maintaining and, and perhaps even um, another idea is educating. You know, is there an opportunity for us to educate, let's just take the neighborhood or the, or the sure. community or the building about, you know, we all live here in the kind of space that we want to live in. And then I think within that, there's an opportunity, uh, you know, to love on people and love them through being personally responsibility, being personal personally responsible with the earth. If, yeah. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. Because yeah. and, and you just gave me a great idea because I'm thinking, you know, 
I'll bet that there's a community center nearby where I could go and do a workshop. So that's a way for me to, to be out in the world and I could just go and, and, well, I mean, certainly I could come out by you, but I'm saying even just in my neighborhood right here in Hell's Kitchen, I could find a community center where I could, I could give my time to people who are not my tribe, who are not already in that. the community. And, and I'm meeting them in their home, talking about things that are important to them. And that's the hook into popping the light bulb on for them, right? Because I came to solve a problem of theirs, not my problem, which is pick up your damn trash. That's right. But That's right. it was, you know, how do you be better organized? How do you manage this? You know, how do you navigate whatever it is, health, the healthcare system, whatever it is that they might be struggling with that they're, that they're thinking, oh, an expert on organization and time management would be an awesome thing for us. Let's get him in there. Sure, I go there. And then I'm also then, you know, not unlike a Trojan horse, I've got this stealth message, which is also, and by the way, you know, how do we live this in all aspects of our life? Here's a, here's a micro way to, to live it. And I, and I have a platform through doing service. I have a platform to possibly change one person's mind, one person that was walking past the trash and, and not necessarily using the trash can. So it's a great, it's a great lesson for, you know, I had a, a teacher of mine tell me once, you know, where can you bring more love into the equation? Because so often when that comes up for me, my feeling is, damn it. You, you're hurting me, right? I'm taking it personally. Yeah. And my feeling then is to become defensive and, uh, and upset mm -hmm. as opposed to, I'm not happy about this. How do I bring more love? And it, my, the, it's counterintuitive to how I've been trained, right? I mean, not necessarily maybe to the organism as if I was, you know, dropped on the earth and raised in, in a vacuum of love and charity, perhaps that would not be my first reaction, but that's right. not how I was raised. So my first reaction is, damn it you're doing something that I don't like, how in that reaction can I then say, you know what, I, my feelings don't really matter in this moment, I'm taken care of. Mm -hmm. How can I bring something else to this equation that would make this a better experience for me and for somebody else? How do I let somebody off the hook instead of holding their feet to the fire? Mm -hmm. And that to me is, um, I like that. is something that you, know, you just brought up for me, which is great. I love so, it because you're looking at it from the perspective of, oh, there's an opportunity to serve versus, oh, shh. They piss me off because they're not, exactly. oh, that's one more. So every time, whatever the offense is that gets under your skin, now there's a whole paradigm shift. Like, oh, there's another opportunity for me. Exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. And as long as, I mean, going, bringing it back to faith, um, as long as I can remember, right? And that's part of my practice is reminding myself consistently I am fine in this moment, food, clothing, shelter, completely taken care of. I have clean clothes on my body. I have a roof over my head that doesn't leak. I'm not hungry. You know, all of my limbs are mostly working. I've got a little numbness in one of my legs, but I'm, I'm also, I'm doing the physical therapy exercises to resolve that, right? So yeah. I am fine in this moment. I am not lacking of anything. Yeah. So really that, that sense of missingness, of, of scarcity does not need to be driving my choices. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's plenty here that I can bring to the equation. I don't need to be keeping score particularly if it's a story in which I'm always coming up short and feeling discounted and where I need to somehow get more to feel better. Because I think that so often that's what's driving this unconscious 
grasping that so many people are stuck in that is stuffing America, mm -hmm. right? Is mm -hmm. there's not enough. Now, granted, there are plenty of people who do not have enough. I mean, the, the, the scales are tipped against them. It is not a fair system. It is not a meritocracy. There are many people who on a level playing field would excel that are not able to excel because of the way some of our systems are built right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. So setting that aside though, or and, is the idea that we can all be more mindful of, am I reaching for something that is not going to increase the quality of my life in any significant way, that if I just sit still for a minute, I can see I am fine. Everything is fine. I don't need any more. What I need is connection with people. What I need is, is a greater opportunity to be my values on a daily basis. Really, you know, another pair of shoes, whether they're from Payless or Ferragamo, is not going to make or break my experience on the planet. Mm. Right? I mean, I could, I could have the shoes, but I don't need the shoes. Yeah. And yet, I think when we don't remember what's important to us, it's easy to see the shoes and think, well, they're on sale. I mean, they're yeah. practically giving them away. I should just bring them home. I'll deal yeah. with what I'm going to do yeah. with them later. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the low-level conversation as opposed to the high-level conversation, which is, really, what do I want to spend my time doing? The clock is ticking. Again, that I, I just I, I feel like that simple math of 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, how do we want to spend it? You know, do you want to spend it consuming stuff or do you want to spend it producing stuff? Yeah. Oh, I love. I love this. Yeah. You're amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty swell yourself. Well, I think we're just about out of time. So I'm wondering, is there any last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Is there anything you want to, you want to inspire them to, um, when we think about Unstuffing America and picking up the mantle, anything you want to share with them? Uh, you know what? My, one of my favorite breakthrough uh, quotes about order and unstuffing and getting clear um, it, uh, I'll share this, uh, I'll share it with you as I'm, as I'm going, because I think it's just so, um, necessary to understand this disorder, clutter, chaos, confusion, and how it is that it so drains, um, you know, us and steals time for, for our lives. But, um, until you decide to reverse the perpetual cycle of disorder, you will continue to experience cycles of defeat and failure. Mm. And, and order, the last, last, last nugget, order is a condition in which freedom from disorder or disruption is maintained through structure, systems, and protocol. Wherever there is a lack of order, rank, or command chain, uh, or a uh, command chain, wherever protocol is not present or whenever a code of conduct is not perceived or understood, it brings about emptiness, lack of purpose, and meaning. And if your life is characterized by confusion, conflict, frustration, lack of direction, meaning, and insight, it is an indication that you are deficient in order. I associate order and, and stuffing and be getting unstuffed with, uh, you know, my equivalent is order. So I just wanted to leave your listeners uh, with that because I just think it's, it's, uh, it just gives you something to chew on. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm just going to ring the bell for that quote. And I'm going to ask you if you'll please, after we, we get off uh, the line, if you'll send it to me, because I'll be sure to put it uh, when we post this, this entry, I'll, I'll post that quote for folks so they can tap into it. Okay, awesome. I can be, I'm everywhere online. Uh, I'm DC Marshall, uh, D-E-E, -E, middle initial C, last name Marshall, um, www.dcmarshall.com. 
Well, that is great, Dee. I hope that folks will come and find you to get more nuggets of wisdom from you. It's been just a pleasure talking with you. I'm, I'm I just, the, the more I get to know you, the happier I am. And I'm so pleased to have spent this time with you. So thank you very much. Same here. Thank you for having me. Take care. You, you're welcome. Bye, dear. Thanks for listening to Unstuff America. If you like the podcast, the best compliment you can give us is to share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes.